When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Young Artists Podcast, when young artists take center stage. I'm your host, Natalia, and this is the place where we dive deep into the minds and works of emerging artists, exploring their unique perspectives and creative journeys. Enjoy! Welcome, art enthusiasts, to the season premiere of the Young Artists Podcast. I'm your host, Natalia, and today we have a truly exceptional guest with us, someone who has blended the realms of art and nature in a unique and eco-conscious way. Our guest for this episode is Martina Kocianova, a visionary jewelry designer whose lifelong fascination with mycology extends beyond creating captivating mushroom-inspired jewelry. Hi, Martina. Hello, how are you? It's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, I am very interested in your story. How did you start thinking about the jewelry design? How did you uh, become inspired with mushrooms? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So with jewelry, it was like a very um, natural thing for me. I've always been interested in jewelry since I was a child. Like I was doing, I think, my first jewelry when I was like 11 and kind of really fell in love with it and then I was you know doing jewelry using simple techniques like beading and fimo like polymer clay and then mm-hmm. I was selling it on Facebook marketplace so it was like Ooh. my first proper <laughs> kind of income not proper it was like earrings for five pounds or something but still so and then I've kind of just um went through all these different techniques and I went to study art high school that was textiles. And through that, I also was still kind of doing jewelry and kind of practicing on my own in okay. like a tiny studio that I had. And then I went to study. So that is jewelry. And then the interest in mushrooms and like nature that also comes from childhood and like my memory spent in my, with my mom in the forest and we were like mushroom foraging a lot and it was her hobby and I just um when I came to London I was thinking about my identity and what makes me me so I thought this kind of uh childhood memory makes me me and then also I started looking into like uh mushroom material in design like mycelium used in design it's amazing properties and also in medicine and um psychedelics and art and different kind of things and i just became fascinated by it and um also visually and then it just kind of became a blueprint for my work and yes that's how you started. Yes. So basically, your interest in jewelry comes from even before high school. Yes, yes, yes. Like, like when I was, yeah, I think 11 I started. I was like 12 when I started selling it. But I never knew that I could actually study. Yeah. Also, my family was very, like, anti-arts. Mm-hmm. Like, they were not supportive of arts at all. So they would never think that that would be a viable career or even just, like... Yeah, so... Yeah, something that you can, yeah. like, do for real. Yeah, and I didn't know as well, so... 
Uh, but then with time it happened. <laughs> but that is really the uh, cool thing to have such interest that comes from your early years and then you believe in it so much mm -hmm. that it becomes your career. And could you explain what mycelium is and how it serves as the foundation for your mm -hmm. process and for your jewelry? So mycelium is like the root system of mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So it's um, how the mushrooms grow and Basically, it's a network of roots and I use mycelium in my jewelry in like either I use directly the material or I'm just inspired by the root system, by the visual and um, but yeah, the, the material itself I use in the jewelry in some of the jewelry pieces, but that's very like experimental and I have just few jewelry pieces that include this material. But um, basically I work with this or I collaborate with this mycology farm in mm -hmm. uh, Slovakia and they are really pros at reproducing the mycelium, you know, they grow their own mushrooms and they kind of use it for making even sustainable leathers and they kind of navigate me in cultivating the mycelium. So I cultivate it in a petri dish and then I kind of use the petri dish as part of the jewelry piece. But for now, it's still very um, like experimental and more like a visual artifact. It's supposed to grow inside the jewelry and um, become like a very unique thing that is alive and it oh, kind wow. of changes in, through the environment you're in and how you treat it and it kind of because I the moment I put it inside, I kind of conserve it. Mm -hmm. I don't put resin or something. It's still alive. Like it's kind of like a pickle jar. <laughs> I call oh, it. Cool. <laughs> and then uh, then it grows um for some time until it dies so it kind of is a living creature for some time so basically you buy a piece of jewelry and you don't really know how it's gonna look like yes it has a possibility to to evolve and to become something else yes i find it quite uh, metaphorical you yeah. can buy it for the a certain period in your life of course you can wear it forever but this mushroom growing inside can signify something that is happening in your life mm -hmm. and then it dies and something else comes yes do you find like mushrooms having this sort of uh, metaphorical meaning what is like the symbolic of mushroom itself i mean i think for me i feel like i feel like everything is connected to mushrooms even people are connected like we share the same chromosome as mushrooms and we don't share really? it with animals or plants like we are very unique as humans and mushrooms have similarities as well to us which i find very weird and sometimes i've even had like oh my god they're aliens you know <laughs> i like i really get into it and i think that you know they inspire us i'm not sure if we inspire them probably not but <laughs> you know i think they have been really part of our culture and society throughout millions of years but obviously it's a quite a new topic in like specifically in design maybe this last 10 years so it just yeah but it's a symbol it is very to me personally it represents like this very kind of um fairy tale and this very fantasy and anything is possible magic uh yes when you mentioned the fairy tale i really love how uh, you create this photographic sessions with your jewelry that remind me of this imaginary world. Mm. Do you like fantasy and has this become a little bit of like the inspiration for your uh, theme or uh, it's mostly nature itself? 
I think yeah, fantasy or like escapism or I look into like this very naive mind I had as a child and I thought, you know, everything is magical and I could yeah. become and I could have superpowers the next day and I like because the more adult you become, the more you are like skeptical and realistic and I kind of look up to this to my brain I had when I was a child and look for inspiration there. So the mushroom is like the symbol of that specific time in my life, I think. Uh, but it could be anything. It could be, you know, uh, some type of leaf or it could be a flower. It could be anything. But mushroom is the, it is the leading point. I love that you mentioned this, this escapism and how we as adults really become serious people who yeah. don't imagine that many things that are unreal. Can you describe how your creative process looks like when you start designing something? What are these steps? I think I have two processes. One is like very spontaneous, like, oh, I just get an idea in a flash and then I start making it straight up. And I'm very hands-on usually, but then other process is definitely like a lot of research, but that more revolves around a specific project, a lot of research, reading books and then drawing um, and maybe also going outside specifically with mushrooms. I do like mushroom foraging or not necessarily even foraging, but just like finding mushrooms and like taking pictures and then putting them to my sketchbooks and then kind of outlining designs. But I feel like the ideas usually come during the most random times. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, when I'm peeling potatoes or something. Like, <laughs> it's so unpredictable, you cannot really plan it. And usually when you put your mind out of stress and yeah. just put it into different environment yourself, then that's the time when you get the ideas. But, um, yeah, so... It is very creative, but very hands-on, a lot of experimentation. I still feel like I need to try and see if it fails or if it yeah. works. So can you reveal your favorite location for mushroom forging in London? Where do you go? Well, in London it's Epping Forest, but you're not supposed to forage. Okay. So I, ju I just... <laughs> just look. I just look. I just take pictures and I have this app. It's called Mushroom. Picture Mushroom or something. And you basically buy it and then it tells you what kind of mushroom you are looking at. Can identifies the mushroom for you. So uh, when it's allowed, do you pick them and, for example, cook something from them? Or it's, the passion is only of the shape? Yes, I do. You do. like mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I pick them and I cook them for sure. But even last time, like two weeks ago, I picked like these massive oysters. And I knew they were oysters. I was 100% sure. Then I even asked my friends who are like my colleagues. But my parents were like, oh my God, you're gonna die. You cannot do that. <laughs> and they gave me such a scare. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna do it, whatever. But... um but yeah, usually I do, specifically in Slovakia, I really know the mushrooms there and like the fungi there. So there I'm very brave and I know all of them, not all of them, but the the ones I like specifically in terms of taste. But here it's a bit more, here it's still a little bit different conditions for the mushrooms. So there are different, different mushrooms are growing here. Uh, so it's a bit more... <laughs> yeah, and Tricky. what about like the toxic uh, properties of mushroom? Do you also uh, 
try to talk about it in your art because your art when i look at your jewelry the colors are so amazing they are very unreal and when you think about the mushroom they are usually very like gray brown and i don't know much about mushrooms but i know that the most colorful mushrooms like the red one are yeah. usually the most poisonous and your jewelry is very colorful does it have yeah. any correlation yeah, I think, um, well, specifically the red one, it is poisonous, but it is more hallucinogenic, actually, mm -hmm. the, the very famous yeah. one. But, um, yeah, I definitely look also, of course, I wouldn't eat a toxic mushroom, but, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, I definitely am interested how it can intoxicate us, and then I kind of make, with the sculptural pieces that are inspired by the mushrooms, usually it's like I'm, I kind of make up my own mushroom that is, you know, very colorful and I call it my own way and, and it has these specific properties and I kind of make up a mushroom and usually these mushrooms that I make, um, they are toxic because I feel like yeah, there's something beautiful about it being, unavailable to us humans but having a purpose in the nature mm -hmm. and they're also protecting themselves from us yeah because they don't you know they don't want us to eat them or something so um yeah i definitely like also toxic mushrooms but of course just to look at our talking about the colors in your artworks what about the psychedelic mushrooms do you also get inspired by them and how they can affect human brains yeah, I think there is definitely a part that looks into, uh, you know, um, the psychedelic properties of mushrooms and definitely this very colorful wor world that I try to evoke through jewelry. And I'm also very inspired by like fractal geometry and by colors. Mm -hmm. So I definitely put that into my jewelry pieces and of course also, you know, my experiences and uh, but I feel like the magic properties of the mushrooms or like psychedelic, like that's what usually people think when I say, oh, my jewelry is about mushrooms. You know, most people yeah. are like, oh, <laughs> trippy girl. But actually, that's just a part of it. There's just something to express myself, maybe through exactly the colors or through the visuals. But then I'm more look into like specific types of um, mushrooms and how I could reinterpret them, like even edible mushrooms or even you know, mushrooms that I, I just see and then I kind of use it for my own project. But the mycelium itself, I use usually like oyster mushroom or shimei mushroom or sometimes it's like mycelium from forest, which is uh, lovely. So, yes. <laughs> so is it the mushroom you use for when you like to use the live mushroom or is it the one you use in order to design uh, the pattern? Yeah, bo both. So, well. both, but specifically the um, psychedelic mushrooms, I'm more I'm inspired by visually, like by their characteristics, like how they look. Maybe I use it as an engraving or maybe um, just like a very colorful kind of visions. And I definitely uh, also like the fractal geometry and like very fantasy land. Mm -hmm. So... Of course, the fantasy land is accessible through the <laughs> magic mushrooms, yeah. but uh, that's just part of my work. Yeah. Uh, so what is your favorite mushroom, both to eat and visually? Well, to eat, it's definitely the parasol mushroom. Mm -hmm. That's like my all-time favorite food ever. Okay. It grows usually like this time, like September. 
but I haven't seen it in the UK and it's like a very nice white mushroom and it smells so delicious and then I fried like a schnitzel and it's my favorite mushroom. Oh wow. <laughs> and then visually depends there is there is like the ear mushroom or even like a ble bleeding tooth mushroom looks very creepy and I love the visual of it. Um, so yeah, there are many beautiful mushrooms. <laughs> the bleeding tooth, oh my goodness. I'm just seeing the picture, it looks so cool. It really yeah. looks like it's bleeding. Yes, it, it looks like it's bleeding and I've seen it once. Live. In real life? Yeah, yeah, like when it was really tiny, it was in Canada and then it was like wow. But I haven't seen it in Europe yet. Cool. And how did you come up with the gemstones? Because there's a lot of gemstones in your, mm. in your jewelry. How do they connect? I think I just like anything sparkly, you know. That's mm -hmm. why I went into jewelry in the first place. Like, oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I was also super obsessed with crystals. It's probably... Okay. Everyone, no. <laughs> like, like you know, uh, crystals getting crystals, astrology. yeah, yeah, okay. or just like looking at crystals and collecting crystals. Mm -hmm. So I loved it, um, and I also like astrology. And of course, you can kind of relate with your jewelry to people when you're taking into consideration, like let's say, um, star signs or different kind of things. Like people really like when the gemstones are assigned to their star sign. Yeah. Or, so that is just a way to kind of make the jewelry very jewelry-like. Because at the end of the very day... Very personal. Yes, mm. yes. But I like when jewelry is like also a heirloom piece and an investment piece. Something that lasts lifetime and gemstones and precious materials definitely have the quality. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite piece that you have created? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's so hard to say. I don't have like a favorite i definitely like the big necklace with the mushroom mycelium then um yeah but i can i cannot say i have so many i feel like uh, you know for a week i fall in love with one piece then another week with another one and then it depends so do you have any jewelry designers that inspire you and are your favorites yes I definitely love uh, Hemelle. That's like a German um, family of goldsmiths, and they do really amazing jewelry pieces, like also very luxurious and art pieces, investment pieces. Then I um, I like also Taffin. That is like I think the the uncle or cousin of Givenchy, mm -hmm. the one who the original Givenchy, yeah. yeah, so Taffin is uh, the one who does the jewelry and it's also very, very like luxurious. I really look up to this very contemporary design, but very colorful. I love also when the design is simple, but also decorative at the same time. And it's like really clever. Like when I feel like, wow, this is so clever, then mm -hmm. I'm really impressed by it because I feel like I still, um, didn't learn how to simplify my jewelry just yet, like I'm still very decorative. So when I see something like that, I'm very impressed. So your pieces are definitely big and statement, mm -hmm. which are, I love. Do you feel like they are more on daily wear basis or more like a special occasion pieces? Well, I also have uh, tiny pieces. Those are definitely the most commercial, the, the most... Um, or the least time-consuming and 
the most relatable to people but then I also have some big statement pieces and those ones um I really like and those ones I are probably not for everyday wear it depends like if it's like this kind of ring like I'm wearing like a massive ring then there are people who love chunky rings and mm -hmm. wear them every day or even chunky necklaces but at the end of the day I feel like I create the jewelry Part of it is definitely for everyday wear and then part of it is just like for special occasions if you kind of want to drag yourself up or feel a little bit different and um, yes, use the jewelry as part of your expression. Very cool. And can you reveal what you're working on right now? Now I'm working on uh, creating a collection from gold and like few more pieces that are a mix of like wearable and a mix of statement pieces so kind of like using I do a lot of carving from precious stones so kind of carving these things and then using them for the jewelry and um yes then more statement pieces as well and yeah but my aim specifically for this year is to kind of create a few gold pieces with like very precious materials that I can kind of um save up and either sell or use for galleries or different kind of places more like art yes. jewelry yes. like art jewelry but still wearable and i'm very interested because when you're working with nat natural materials your uh jewelry is very much contributing to the conversation about sustainability mm -hmm. and eco-consciousness in the fashion industry how do you feel about jewelry being sustainable right now do you think it's going in the good direction or is it a little bit of a problem in the jewelry world because i know that fashion is struggling with the sustainability it's a very bad industry in these terms mm -hmm. what about the jewelry I think jewelry was also is probably as horrible as fashion in general. Like just when you think of how diamonds are mined and gold is mined and how many people were killed during the process of it, like it almost seems like I feel like diamonds and gold are one of the three reasons people die the most. Mm -hmm. So jewelry is really horrible and I think people don't talk about it as much as for example fashion. But Regards art, the jewelry, it is very exciting and I think people definitely look more into sustainability and kind of very eco-conscious practices and um, I think most people that make jewelry, you know, by themselves, they like really, it's a slow process, it takes time, it's very conscious where you source your pieces and um, so it is definitely sustainable but and probably more sustainable as well. Like there's a lot of, you know, inventions regards, for example, synthetic stones and um, recycled materials. So that is definitely moving forward, but it's it's not amazing for sure, <laughs> but it's better. <laughs> Do you like working with this sort of um, sustainable materials? Yes. I mean, I also like like gold and uh, diamonds, for example, but I really try to look into how it was sourced and depending on the client I have then we kind of look at something together you know but um, usually for my personal work then I definitely look into like even secondhand pieces like even jewelry pieces that I can kind of um, repurpose for another thing or then even stones specifically I get these 
you know, crystals um, that I carve then. Mm-hmm. And those are usually secondhand that probably some someone bought just to like collect stones. And then they, oh. then it was just fall. There was a dust falling on them. So mm-hmm. um, yes, I like using very either recycled materials or eco-friendly or even like very innovative like the mushroom mycelium which is it's an alive material that I made basically by myself and by the mushroom itself so then it is very um sustainable could you tell me was it difficult to approach for example this firm that you mentioned that is working with mushrooms a lot and to cooperate with them is it difficult to come up with this sort of cooperations when you're an artist I think it um when I started getting into it it's very sciencey it's mm-hmm. it's a science field so obviously I have no understanding of that so I definitely needed some guidance so uh I was experimenting on my own and it took time to find someone like that but when I find them we really clicked and they are so helpful so they're amazing people and everyone I have approached even people in UK regards uh this mushroom cultivation they were so helpful and even given me guidance or pieces for free because a lot of the times the things that I need are the ones they don't really need as much like they make either the they they grow the mushrooms but I just need a specimen of the mushroom so that is not such a big deal for them so usually I can get the bits you know they don't really need so that's lovely but I try to grow it on my own usually um but it definitely has a different result than when you grow it with someone professional <laughs> so do you have your own mushroom farm at the house like i build a box and then i do the processes on my own but when i do it on my own um it doesn't it basically gets bacteria inside mm-hmm. usually when you do it in a lab then it is sterile environment everything is sterile and it's a very clean mushroom cultivation but I personally have the bacteria inside because I don't have a lab. But then I like to use it because the bacteria is very colorful and it kind of provides a different kind of texture. So mm. for my specific purpose regards using it for the jewelry, it's great. It's okay. But if I would, for example, now I'm even trying to do packaging from mycelium so that should be a very clean mushroom culture that is done in the lab. So how does the bacteria affect the mushroom? Is it like changing the colors or yeah, what it's, does it do? Yeah, it's changing the colors, it's changing the properties, it, it kind of parasites the mushroom and then uh, it's not, it cannot be used for anything else than, than maybe this kind of artistic purpose. So I have a last question for you. Um, what would be your advice for young artists or for people who want to start doing jewelry and who don't know where to start? I think for jewelry people, I'm not sure about artists, <laughs> but that's the same. For jewelry people, I definitely think that don't expect to get everything from school. Mm-hmm. or just because you're going to school that doesn't mean anything you really need to practice on your own and usually uh, you get the most knowledge from you know failures and experimentation and from practice in the industry so uh, just don't go into it expecting that you'll go to university and you will learn how to do everything because mm. that's just the ideal kind of scenario yes yeah 
Yeah, it's true. Like the real industry teaches you a lot more. But yeah. it's in, it's important to get this knowledge and people yeah. from the school. But then I see your point, definitely. Yeah. yeah, or I would say like, look, if you feel like you don't have your own taste or if you don't have your own thing going on for you, then look exactly into like your childhood or your memories and kind of dig from this past and make it your own through art kind of use it for art purposes and then it becomes authentic that's a great advice for seeking inspiration yeah. yes it's sometimes very difficult yeah. i have friends who are artists and who really struggle they ask me like how to find the topic that will be interesting and relevant and i think many people don't know it you know it's not that obvious that you come up with something that's so personal and it seems authentic and you also really like it so yeah, yeah it's I great. yeah i think also um exactly it should be personal you know and sometimes it also comes from trauma and different kind of things or or personal childhood but that is exactly what sets you apart because only you have those you can have experiences similar to people who have similar identity or similar experiences, but still your point of view is unique in your approach. So once you make it personal, then it's going to go well. Thank you very much, Martina. It was a great conversation. Thank you. And uh, thank you for joining us. I've learned so much about the mushroom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I never expected to know that much, but I really love your jewelry and I really love your creative approach. So good luck with your thank jewelry you so much. <laughs> and um, thank you for listening and see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Young Artists podcast. Don't forget to stay connected with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Follow us at Young Artists Podcast for behind the scenes glimpses, updates and even more artistic inspiration. Your support fuels our creativity. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.